This is 365 Tech by Suites. Today, we are talking about the long-awaited release of Bootstrap 4. Finally have a stable version out. Been looking at the alpha and beta for a long time. And we'll talk about what the difference is and where it came from and my use cases over time. You've probably already seen some sites that are using Bootstrap 4, but they were using the alpha and beta versions. Yesterday, January 18th, they dropped the actual stable version of Bootstrap 4. They changed the preprocessor, the CSS preprocessor, from less to SAS, which is currently a more popular preprocessor overall. They dropped support for Internet Explorer and iOS older versions. So Internet Explorer, they dropped versions 8 and 9, and for iOS, they dropped version 6. They also added Flexbox support, which is great for mobile responsive design and helping elements transition depending on the type of screen size that you're on, as well as just aligning elements on a page. They changed uh, the they changed from pixels to root EMS. I'm not sure why that changes, but it's uh, pixel size isn't very good when you're talking responsive and you're talking changes between tablet, mobile, and web. So EMS is going to be a better way for sizing to be done. For components, they dropped the panel, thumbnail, and well component because now they have the, the card component, which is much better. It just combines all three of them. In addition, they dropped the pager component. So, so now what they added is they added in cards, which, as I said, encompasses the panel, thumbnail, and well. Cards are incredible. I love using them. I was talking with a developer yesterday, and he was telling me his love cards. They are really cool. <laughs> they also redid the nav bar. So navbar component now has some extra features. The progress bar was changed from a div with a progress class into an actual component. And table, we added a ton of features and classes for the table, including inverse table and other stuff. They also added on to Bootstrap 4, they added an approach page. The approach page has the philosophy, it's the, the why we do what we do in Bootstrap and it outlines the, the philosophy behind Bootstrap and the design process you would go through when you're, when you're working through Bootstrap. It's different from the getting started page in that rather than talking about how to quickly integrate Bootstrap into your application, this talks about the reasons why Bootstrap was created and the reasons why the design principles you could be using that would give you a reason to go and work with Bootstrap. So the, the big points that I saw were responsive, mobile-first design. So they started off being responsive, being able to scale between everything, and for Bootstrap 4, they've changed that to being mobile-first. Or was that Bootstrap 3? Version 2, version... Yeah, version 3 was mobile-first. And then they have... Uh, so what that means is that you should build with the intention of displaying on the mobile device first, and then after that, figure out how each other display is going to be worked. And if you, if you think in design like that, Bootstrap components are very helpful for you, especially with their grid pattern and how they do sizing within rows and, and such. In addition, they encourage base and modifier classes. So what this means is that you have a base class for, for all the core elements, and then you build off of that using modifier classes. An example of this is the base class of button. So the button class is going to give any of your buttons the Bootstrap styling and make it look good. But on top of that, they have button primary or button danger or button warning, which adds a color onto the button. So they've got the base class of button and then the modifier classes to do additional things. They encourage people to do this throughout their code in their own CSS and applications because it creates more modular code, less code reuse, and just better standards across the board. 
they encourage HTML and CSS over JavaScript whenever possible. HTML and CSS are more accessible to a wider audience. They run faster in the browser. So if you're running JavaScript versus HTML, the HTML is going to load first. And then it also improves functionality by having HTML and CSS over JavaScript when you can. Again, Bootstrap works with JavaScript and you can render elements using JavaScript, but they encourage and build with the philosophy that HTML and CSS are always used over JavaScript. They also introduced utility classes and they encourage the use of utility classes, which are classes that you would add to introduce functionality and to reduce your, your CSS and other code. One example of one of the utility classes that they have is the d-block class. And what that does is it adds the display block styling to any element that you assign it to. So this removes time that you need from development in just thinking of a utility and then adding that class to your, your elements right in line. And also they encourage the avoidance of dogmatic HTML. Don't stick in your patterns, don't, don't, well, develop patterns and frameworks, but don't get stuck. Always be willing to reconsider and look at new, take in new perspectives in order to get the best and most well-rounded opinions. My favorite thing about Bootstrap 4 is all the new themes that they dropped. They gave us in a, a bunch of templates that we can use. I'm about to run out on this segment, so I'll follow it over, but themes is, themes are incredible with Bootstrap 4. Themes are great in Bootstrap 4. They added a bunch of new themes as well as old ones, and what the themes allow you to do is take the code, deploy it somewhere else, change around some of the words to say what you want. Now you've got a fully functioning web page that can run. So to give you an example, they released a pricing page, which I plan on using on one of the websites that I am working on right now for a product I'm building. The pricing page has exactly what you would expect, a free tier with a sign up for free button, a middle tier of some payment with a list of features, and then an, an expert tier. Now the, it's an entire page that includes cards, nav bars, footers, headers, everything that you need and all of your pricing is wrapped up in one. So you can go ahead and drop that, all of those files straight into your existing website and the file will work. It'll be responsive across tablet, mobile, web, and it'll have, well, no functionality. You do have to connect that because these are all just front end, uh, front end templates. So in addition to pricing, they also give us checkout, which is a full checkout order, including entries for name, your checkout, like what, what's inside of your cart, ability to enter in your your card details, your credit card details, and other information. You've got the product page, which is really clean and nice. It looks like they took a page straight out of Apple. When you land on the template site, it looks like Apple's website. And it includes navbar, a bunch of product information and product selections, great design throughout, and you can change all of that. So they revamped their blog. I am not too keen on using blog templates. In my mind, if I'm going to use a blog, I'm going to just add WordPress onto a site. WordPress is great for blog management. I also am not entirely sure how the backend functionality works with a blog. I'm sure it would be easy to do once someone explained it to me, just thinking about how the posts all get stored in red on the front end sounds a little bit difficult to me. They also revamped their dashboard. Dashboard looks really clean. They have some cool functionings with their search bar up top. They have a massive graph on it that shows data over time and then a table below it and then a left bar filled with all of your options that you could possibly want to click between. They created these new uh, new templates for float labels and off canvas. The float labels is kind of cool because they just redid their sign in template and then added in floating labels. And floating labels are when, so in an empty text field, you can imagine seeing 
email address and password. Now, what floating labels will do is when you click on it, rather than all of that text just disappearing, the text transitions, it, it's animated text that then gets shorter and slides up into the top left corner so that you still can see what the placeholder text was, but you also have room now to type your text into the box. I like the floating label and it's really clean animation, removes the work from my side, and I'll probably end up using those for labels in the future. That's kind of it that I have to talk about with themes. I really recommend using them. I use them myself. They're a great way to test out and see what the functionality is of Bootstrap, as well as visualizing what it is that you could want, especially for early web developers if, or, or, or even business people who have very low skill level or technical abilities. You can go in and look at the themes and templates and just start using code without having to invest a lot of time in the startup. You get a beautiful, responsive website, and it's supported by Bootstrap, which has a large community. And as of yesterday, we just dropped the new version like we're talking about. So it's bleeding edge stuff. Bootstrap is universally used in their themes, make it incredibly easy to develop and build, especially proof of concepts in early stage businesses. take a step back and talk about the history of Bootstrap a little bit. It was originally called Twitter Blueprint and it was created by a bunch, a couple of people at Twitter and it was initially released August 19th of 2011. The creators were working on a project inside of Twitter, an internal project, and they realized that the project could have much bigger applications. So they developed the proof of concept and then at a internal hackathon at Twitter, a hack week, they built out the, the original version and then were able to publish that on August 19th of 2011. That was six years ago and we are now up to the stable version 4.0.0 on January 18th of 2018. Why did they create Bootstrap? Well, Bootstrap is, they, they realized at the time that creating web interfaces, people had to use a lot of various libraries for the interface development. And it was also not, yeah, so that was it. You used a lot of libraries when you wanted to build out interfaces. And Bootstrap was a way for people to take a lot of the, the core principles that were going across all of interface design. And then to be able to package those so that people could just have one library installed, one source of truth, and to have every core thing that you would need, at least for the base principles and, and core functionality. Obviously, you're going to need to use another library to, to do advanced things and super specific things because if, if Bootstrap included everything that, every interface design that a developer could possibly want, it would be massive and then it would not have any purpose because then your application would take forever to load. But that was why they made it. Reduce complexity, make things simpler, give everyone a core source of truth. Now, the, the second version was released in 2012, so a year after the first, less than a year after the first. Version 3 was released in August 2013, so a year and a half after version 2. And then version 4 had the... They announced the original development in October of 2014, released the alpha a year later in August of 2015, the beta version was released two years later in August of 2017, and now we have finally have the stable version January of 2018. So from just when they announced it to now has been four years. They've taken way more time, they took way more time to release version four than they did other, any of the other versions. I remember talking with my mentor a couple months ago, one of my mentors that I found through Free Code Camp, Columbus, he was talking to me saying, Bootstrap is awesome, but the community's dying. They have been in beta for years now, and there's been no progress on it. And I looked at him, and I didn't really know what to say. You know, he's my mentor, so I'm just consuming this information like a sponge. 
but it's always stuck with me thinking that Bootstrap is not doing well and that it's not being maintained. And to see the release yesterday and to hear that they had finally done something made me so happy and so excited to, it just re reignited my love for Bootstrap. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to go and talk to my mentor about it so that we can talk about what he thinks it means. Some of the features of Bootstrap that they've always had is trying to make it accessible on all browsers. So you've got support on Chrome, Firefox, Internet Explorer, Opera, and Safari. Safari won't work if you're using it on Windows, but who the hell installs Firefox on Windows? Just use Chrome, it's better. Or Firefox. Firefox is getting good too. You've got responsive design. So if you've got mobile, it looks good on mobile and can rearrange itself. If you've got a tablet, it looks good. If you've got web, if you've got a large screen, Bootstrap makes it great for displaying responsive data to all of the screen sizes. As of Bootstrap 3, they included mobile first, so the design principle that you start with the mobile, uh, the mobile interface, and then after you've designed how all of your buttons and interactions are supposed to look on the mobile interface, then you think, okay, when the screen size expands to tablet, what is the difference here? How should my buttons interact? Should everything still be stacked on top of each other or should they move to, to be adjacent to each other? And then from tablet, how should they change to, to web? You don't have to make these decisions, but Bootstrap gives you nice, easy tools to make these decisions easy, such as container and their grid classes. And the, the responsive design is one of the key things that you get with Bootstrap when you install it, when you include it into your project. So my experience with Bootstrap, I first learned Bootstrap when I was learning front-end code, which was about a year ago. Just over a year ago was when I started learning how to code using HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Just over a year ago. Now it's been a year and a half. But I learned through Free Code Camp. So after learning HTML and CSS, they have a section on Bootstrap, which as I was scrolling through today, I saw that they had a module on Wells, and Wells are no longer included in Bootstrap 4. So we'll see what they'll do about that. I remember learning everything from containers, buttons, components, grid systems, responsive styling. They walk you end to end with it, but they teach you bootstrap before you learn jQuery and some of the other stuff. So for me, when I was learning HTML and CSS, I just kind of assumed that bootstrap would be worked in. I even learned it before jQuery, so I, I knew how to use bootstrap before I really learned the full power of JavaScript and what you can do with it. But I think that's how a lot of young developers are, especially front-end developers, is as we're learning, Bootstrap is such an industry standard at this point that people learn it because it helps you create websites very fast, elegant, and responsive across all interfaces. When I went to my first hackathon at uh, MCAX 2016 out in Montreal at McGill University in Canada, we built this application called Yugle, which was a YouTube-based application that used, well, yeah, it used the YouTube API to run searches on videos, on, on YouTube videos. We transcribed the audio, did some natural language processing to figure out what the key terms were, and then users could search. This is where the Google part comes in. You could search for a word within any video and then find the number of occurrences that you had, and it would automatically generate timestamps so that you could click on a timestamp and be brought straight to that word occurrence in the video. So we used Bootstrap for that. and. In our Yugle application, we used bootstrap components like the container, the, the rows and grid layout. We used inputs and buttons and forms, pretty much the basic bootstrap elements just so that everything looked good because when you're coding and you've only got 24 hours to, to build an entire application, you need to use tools that can make it so you don't need an additional developer and you don't need an additional week. You've got 24 hours and you're gonna damn straight use bootstrap. Yeah. 
that was a lot of fun. And now that I've been doing more client work, I found that about 30% of my clients either use Bootstrap or they're open to using it. So some of the some of my clients all come in and they're already using Bootstrap and then other of my clients all go in and I'll see a need for Bootstrap. And when I recommend it, they boss usually just isn't aware that it exists because or he's not technical. And and they usually have no problem with it and are blown away by how beautiful the designs are. Bootstrap definitely has a, a look that you can tell that it's Bootstrap. When I land on a website, you can you can tell if it's Bootstrap unless they have a really good web designer covering it up. Despite that, I think it's a good design. Even when you see it, I don't I don't personally get offended by seeing it, and I don't feel like it's a lazy thing to do. I think it's very smart from a business standpoint, a development standpoint, an economic standpoint. I think Bootstrap's great. It's a great library. And I think people should continue to use it. If you haven't already jumped onto the version 4.0 train, get on, check it out, see what you like. If you've got any comments or questions, be sure to call in. Otherwise, I will catch you tomorrow.